Hollywood is rated LGBT Radio, starring your host, Rob Watson! Okay, so we had a minor glitch on um, the broadcast that we just started with David Archuleta. Um, so you will hear a short version of the show. Unfortunately, it, the system only set us up for a 15-minute show, and we want a lot, lot more of David. Um, so they are going to be calling in again. Um, just a reminder, uh, David is a sensational talent. Um, he has just uh, been the first runner-up on The Masked Singer, um, which we are going to talk to him about. Um, he also, uh, back in the day on the 2008, um, uh, season of, uh, American Idol was first runner up there as well. Um, so that, that was a sensation. He, that was back in the day when, um, American Idol winners were almost automatically stars. Um, so let me get David back on, and we can continue that conversation. David, I'm so sorry about that. Um, hey, no worries. The system had our, our show set up for 15 minutes, and that is way not enough time with you. Um, so uh, we were talking about, you know, kind of your, your early days. Um, let's take it to American Idol itself, 2008. Um, what was that like getting on the show? Um, you know, and you were like 16 or 17 at that point. Yeah, it, it was a whirlwind. It was a lot happening at once, a lot of attention, <laughs> um, all within a short time frame that I wasn't expect, I wasn't anticipating. And I was, the way I look at it is I was in school at the beginning of that year. And then by the end, you know, I, without any expectations of being a recording artist and releasing music. And by the end of it, I was, had been on a national television show, had a recording contract, released a single and an album and was touring <laughs> and doing radio promo and everything by the end of the year. And just, I think I, I wasn't really prepared for it because I didn't even know if that's what I wanted to do yet, but I, I just kind of had to keep up with the pace and, and go with the flow. It, it is hard. Um, we had uh, – actually, we've had him on a couple times, Grayson Chance, um, on the show a few times and talked to him too. And you know, he was even younger than you were when he got into the national spotlight. And it is, it is scary um, you also, and one thing that you kind of exuded at the time, and it was incredibly endearing, um, you were not afraid to be seen as the spiritual person you were. Um, one, one point in the show, I actually, I'm trying to read, or I'm probably reading between the lines. You did um, the song Imagine by John Lennon, and you did the third verse. And then Randy actually even called you out and said, you know, why did you start there? And reading between the lines, I'm interpreting it as because the first verse actually talks about no religion. And as a religious person, I don't think you wanted to be singing that. 
was that off the mark? Yeah, I would I would say that's that was quite a thing. And also, I I just felt like if I was going to only have a of one verse, and if it was my last time being on in front of that big of an audience singing, I felt like the song's message was a lot bigger than what people usually get stuck on with what the words are saying. And I didn't want people to only focus on oh the words like I don't I don't like what that's saying. I wanted them to see that. The song talks about, you know, looking past differences and just being one and being, you know, just imagine a world of peace where there wasn't fighting, where there wasn't differences, there wasn't division. And that's what I wanted to emphasize. And I felt like the third verse did the best with that message. And it wasn't going to get in the way of people, like turn people away, like turn people's hearts off because of hearing trigger words like imagine there's no heaven. Yeah, it's, it's easy your, to try. <laughs> that that and that that's always been a purity that you've put out there is just that you know, it's like the 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 courage to be spiritual. Um and a lot of the records that you put out since the American Idol do have been Christmas albums and one that I absolutely adore is your version of the prayer, um, which uh, you sang with um, uh, Nathan uh, Pacheco. And the video of that, ironically, is it's, it's got the two of you coming up to this house and you sing across the room from each other. And it's so passionate. And maybe it's because I'm a gay man, but I found it very almost gay romantic in the way that it was presented. Because you both, put, oh, really? it was passionate all in. It was warm. Yeah, it's like, um, and I don't mean that in a derogatory way. It was, it was just it, because I've heard that song sung with, um, you know, a man and a woman and Celine Dion did it. Um, and, um, but it, yours is like the version of all the ones I've ever heard. I love the best. What, what, oh, and I know you. you've gone through a journey, which we'll talk about, but where do you see yourself spiritually right now? Um, I've had a, I think I've had a, well, I, I've, I, I've been vocal about having a faith crisis just because religion gives you a very structured view of life and a purpose and and why you're here, where you're going to go, where you came from, um, what the great creator is and who God is and what God expects of you. And I think being raised and told like, this is what God thinks of homosexuality and of gay people. And if you are, if you ever succumb to this, it's because you are distancing yourself from him. And I just had to, you know, I tried so hard to do what I was told I needed to do. And, you know, I, growing up a Latter-day Saint, a.k.a. a Mormon, they, would, they started saying, well, if, if you are gay, or it's okay. And just don't call yourself gay. Just call it same-sex attraction. 
That way you're acknowledging that you have a weakness or a challenge that you need to overcome. And as long as you don't give into it, then you're okay. Because everyone has weaknesses they need to overcome. But when I was realizing that no matter what I did to overcome this challenge of same-sex attraction, that I was going to remain that same way, I just felt like I was inauthentic and that I wasn't ever going to really not just inauthentic, but I, I looked at myself as a failure because I thought clearly if I was a, a righteous enough person, a faithful enough person, that I was going to be able to change myself from this wicked state. Mm-hmm. And when I realized I couldn't, I felt like I'm wicked and there's nothing I can do about that. I must, and I didn't know if I was choosing that myself, but it made me very afraid of myself and I thought, well, I don't want to be a wicked being walking on this earth for the rest of my life. No matter how many times I tried dating a woman, how many times I I went to church and fasted and did my services, and you know, I I never I never looked at pornography, and much less, you know, I, I never dared look at any gay <laughs> pornography, yeah. and. Despite that, I thought, it, despite all of that, I was still the way I was. And so I thought maybe I'm just, it's my nature to want evil. And mm-hmm. I don't want to exist, I don't want to exist in a state of evil and wanting to lust and wanting the devil, you know, even though I wasn't, you know, this type of thing, it wasn't even like, I, I didn't want to have sex with anyone it was just I felt a bond and an attraction to other guys Mm -hmm. and um, it's like I guess what people would describe as having a crush or falling in love with someone I I had that tendency to towards guys and I thought well if that's the case then maybe it's better for me to terminate my life because I don't want to remain as an evil person because that's that was and that ideology came from the way I was raised, my religion mm-hmm. and my spirituality <laughs> from what I understood it at that time. And it then, but then I got to a point where I realized I was able to separate myself from everything I had been taught and raised to believe to get to the core of like, well, what, what is my connection? If God, if there is a God and they really care about me and really created me with a purpose. What is it? I don't know. And I, I just genuinely asked God. I just said, "What? Please change me. <laughs> I don't want." And I, I, when I just kind of t- tuned into that higher connection and of a of God, I just felt God say, "You know, David, you need to stop asking me this because." You've been asking me this for over half of your life, and you can see at this point that it's not changing. And you need to understand that I don't intend for it to change because this is what I meant for you. You're supposed to be this way. And I kind of thought, like, am I just supposed to be miserable <laughs> for the rest of my life? Hmm. Um, but then that, like, continue with the responses from God saying, no, I, I, you're meant to be happy the way you are. You're meant to be, you're most, you're meant to connect with the people I designed you to connect with. It's not an error, despite what a lot of well-meaning religious people who try to follow me say. 
and what they understand. And I think that was when I realized, oh, like, I'm not evil, even though everyone tells me I am, um, simply for being the way I am. I, you know, not because I've done any, because I I really hadn't done anything. And I hadn't even talked to a boy (laughs) or a guy (laughs) at that point. And I was 30 years old with, with intentions of, with any romantic intention, no physical or romantic thing whatsoever. Cause I thought like up until that point, it's like, that's what I needed to do to stay good. And um, yeah, so that was kind of an awakening and I, I, I guess a deconstruction of my faith because I was like, Oh, so what I was told wasn't the truth because I'm speaking to the great creator, God right now. And right. God's telling me that's actually not what everyone's telling you is not how I see it. And I, and I was yeah, reminded I have, of scriptures that I was told saying like my thoughts, you know, his ways are greater and we can't understand everything that he sees. And um, if, but if we come with him with a broken heart and contrite spirit, he would show us. But now I'm like, I don't even know if it's a he. <laughs> that's just what I was told. Right. I, it just makes you question everything. I'm like, what else was I told that's not correct? I, I have to tell you, uh, you know, I relate to that story so much um, and more than you might even imagine because at 20, I was on my knees also, you know, in a religious um, faith. Um, and I was saying a very similar prayer to God, um, although I have to say you were probably being nicer than I was because I <laughs> had upped it from a level not of, gee, God, please show me, but I was like, okay, God, I am not getting over this. It is still here, and if you do not remove it from me, I am going to kill myself. And I, too, got an answer, probably in the same vein of the message I put out, where I actually heard God at that very moment. And the answer I got back was, how dare you? I created you, and I created you as you are supposed to be. You are not to tell me what you are not going to be. What you are going to do is you're going to go out and you're going to be the best gay person that you can be. And that is what my intention is. And I swear, I've never gotten a message more fully from a prayer than in that moment. Um, And so I'm going to leave that to a question to you. You know, it's like, I know what you heard. um, And this is actually a rhetorical question, but there are going to be people who go, oh, that was his mind, that was his subconscious how do you feel you know that was from the creator? Oh, from how did I know? There's yeah. there's there's just this absolute clarity and assurance and that that you feel and have an absolute confidence. You have and it's very loving. You feel so grounded and it's like, even though I don't know what's going to come up ahead, I know this is the right thing to do. And I feel support. I feel support from a higher power, something greater than me, supporting me with coming to this, coming to this decision and this conclusion or understanding. 
And um, it, it also showed me how to love greater because up until that point, I thought it, I needed to hate myself to do the right thing and be disgusted and repulsed with myself. And when I realized, no, like this great creator is telling me, you need to learn how to love yourself and, and, and you need to allow yourself to be loved. And that was something I, up until that point, I wasn't okay with. And yeah. I don't know. Just that, I think most people understand, have an understanding concept of what love is and that it is a wholesome feeling and it's a pure feeling. It's, and uh, it's healing. And that's what I felt when I had to have that conversation <laughs> with what I understand is God. So it's something that I had let my let myself be guided by throughout most of you know what I understood was God and when I had clear answers it was the same source of what I had of when I was speaking to God at that moment of coming to mm-hmm. terms with my queerness yeah no it's an amazing sense of clarity and you know everything you described I mean it's like it um, you know, and whether people believe it or not, it is it is most the most profound realness I think there is of of that that connection. Um, when in uh, 2020 you put out an album called Therapy Sessions, was this? Uh, and obviously in that that album you are processing things. Was that um, a prelude to your spiritual awakening, or was it a result of? Um, I guess it would be a prelude because I really didn't come to terms with myself until with my sexual sexuality until the end of 2020. Um, and then I didn't come to terms with it fully because the end of 2020, I, I think going to therapy helped me get to that point. I had read a book from someone who's now a friend of mine named Charlie Bird who grew up in the Latter-day Saint faith and wrote a book about his experience being gay and an active member of 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 the LDS church. So um, when I read that, I realized, you know what, it's okay for me to to admit this to myself. Like, say I'm I'm queer, <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, I and that it's not something that is supposed to change but at that point I was like well if I'm still bisexual that means I can still marry a woman and so I was continuing dating the person that I was dating and then eventually got engaged to her in in 2021 but I realized this is this is still not the right thing for me to be doing I Mm -hmm. need to be I need to I I just yeah it, it wasn't until 2021 that I that I felt like I failed in that engagement. So the therapy sessions album was like my therapy in 2018 and 2019. And a lot of it was actually trying to fix my queerness. <laughs> I was trying to be like, okay, if I understand myself better, if I get down to like my childhood trauma or something, it'll help make sense of why I'm not, why these relationships aren't working or why I am dealing with same-sex attraction. <laughs> so. Yeah, no, it's, um, 
one thing, just an observation in dealing with uh, particularly churches, and and I mean, the key to the um, the Church of Latter Day Saints, um, among others, <laughs> is this idea that if you're gay, and you've talked about this before, you know, everything about you is wrong, is 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 what you're told. Everything is, you know, you've already, you know, you've cut yourself off. You're just out. And it's like, to me, it's like, okay, first of all, the quality of being gay in itself, of what you're doing and what you're feeling, there are other people within the the safe umbrella, i.e. women, who are feeling the exact same way. They're attracted to men. They want to have a marriage. They want all that. But their behavior is not nullifying them from a spiritual path. But as a man, because you have those same feelings, they it is. It, you're nullified. You're out. And to me, it's like that cannot be God's plan. Because why would God have something where you are no longer to learn morally or or lovingly or attain anything higher because of one factor? It's like why would you be out? There's no other thing in experience that – nullifies you from spiritual growth. Um, so it's, it's, that to me is, is something nonsensical. Um, since you came out, you have had to deal with the Mormon church and them putting a hardcore press on you. What has that been like and what the, where did those conversations go? Um, you know, the... I feel like most people from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, the members, they have been very supportive. If, they've already, if they had already been following me, I feel like they know the kind of person I, I am. And so when I came out, it was – I think they knew that I was being sincere about my journey. And there's another side of people who are members, but they're very – I think they just know who I am, but they they look at anything. And it's – I feel like there's this culture where it's much about we need something to oppose because we've been taught all of our lives that there's an enemy that we must mm-hmm. battle, fight. There's a, a spiritual war going on, and if, if Satan prevails, then, the, you know <laughs> – um, souls will be lost and the end of the world will come and just a lot of that kind of talk that is said to everyone so they one of those topics has been you know homosexuality LGBT issues and, and individuals that this is p- people who are like not falling into a traditional family of uh you know, a mother and a father creating children together to populate, you know, the world is anything that goes against that narrative is of the devil. And so you must combat, you must fight against it. And so I think there are people who look at me now as someone who has fallen and captive to the enemy and they must defend themselves because that is, I think that, unfortunately, there's a lot of beautiful things about religion. I feel like that is something that can get dangerous when you look at it as this Mm -hmm. battle, this war, 
where it's like I will defend the truth, whatever that means to to that in, according to the religion someone is in. I will defend my truth at all costs, and I I will fight the enemy. And it's like even if this is a good person, it doesn't matter because they're making decisions that I've been told is on the enemy's side. <laughs> this is right. highlighting Satan. And if Satan wins, the world is going to go to turmoil. So, and I have, I, I've, I feel like I have that mentality. So I understand where they're coming from, but I, I don't feel like it, you know, stepping away, you know, accepting my sexuality and realizing, okay, this didn't, I mean, I, I was always like this. I just had to hide it and people were okay with me. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I realized it's not about, I don't know. It's I, there are both sides. There are people who are Mormons who are, or Latter Day Saints who are saying we should make room and be more compassionate to the LGBT community. Where there's the other side who is still believing what they've been told all their lives. It's like no, if we give into that, that is Satan winning. We must. It doesn't. They deserve. Out, being outcasted, they deserve to be punished or whatever else, because we can't let Satan prevail. But I, I just right. wish people didn't look at it as in in that light and just kind of heard the individual story and where they came from and why they're they are the way they are. But I don't know. I, I, unfortunately, I don't think it's something yeah, that you, they're just some people's minds you just can't change. It's it's hard. Um, I back in the day when um, I was in a forum where we discussed religion, and um, I was talking to to a man, and he was Mormon, um, and I was you know, and we were talking about gay rights and everything else, and I laid out pretty much everything you and I've talked about in terms of what it's like and you know uh, and all that and he he said something that was probably the first time i really got where a lot of religious people come from he goes rob i hear everything you're saying and i totally understand it but here's my dilemma that my religion tells me a lot of things that are unbelievable that are literally like like things that you you have to give up any sense of logic in order to believe, and I believe them, you know, as part of my faith. If I believe that it's okay to be gay, even though you completely told me logically why it is, I would have a crisis of faith because it would lead me to question all these other things that I've been told that I have to believe on faith, that I don't have a lot right. behind. It's like it's representative oh of that. You know? And it was like when he said that, I was like, you know what? I feel for you. I totally feel for you because I get where you're coming from. Um, I don't have an answer for it, but I get it. Um, I want to pivot a little bit because I don't want to lose time on this. We have um, a copy of your new single, Up, um, and I definitely would like to play that if you're okay with it. So our listeners oh, yeah, of course. Okay, well, so we you. are going to take a uh, – oh, my – my Pleasure on Many Levels is an incredible song, and I love it. So, yeah. Um, Thank you. So we're going to take a little break from our conversation, and here is Up by David Archuleta.
have the best start Felt like I was falling apart Am I just a lost cause? Tell me, should I really give up? I tried to give them my heart But I never got that far Couldn't be the good guy Even though I did try Thought there was no where to go Down lonely road But now I know The only place I'm going is up Only make room for love Cause my story's far from over It's only begun I'ma throw it all away Every last piece of the end And all my story Yeah, I can't wait. Um, your your voice is so 
uh, like I said, so pure and it it comes across so well in every genre. Um, uh, are you going to do more Christmas music? Because I know you've you've got quite a Christmas catalog, um, also. You know, I I'm not sure what how Christmas will look in the future, but I I did do two Christmas albums along with like a a third Christmas special that I did with the Tabernacle Choir uh, at Temple Square. And I, I really loved doing all of it. I, I, I think as I've been in a transition, I, I've had to give myself some time. I'm like, you know, I need to figure out where do I stand before I s- start singing a lot of these songs. Because a lot of people still, when I sing those songs, associate me with who I was before coming out. Right. And so right. I'm kind of like, well, let me give myself some space to figure out where I'm at now, including spiritually, before I revisit uh, Christmas. But I'm, I'm sure... I'm sure I will. I mean, even if it, whether it's this year or the next, we'll see. And now, now that you are kind of starting through this, and this is probably an unfair question, because you're you're still figuring things out for yourself. But but what kind of relationship do you want? What kind of family do you want in the future? Um, I think I just well, I grew up with. Like a family, like that. That's why I worked so hard to to make marriages work in the past, so that I could create a family. And I think I had what part of the biggest devastation for me was coming to terms with myself was like, well, maybe it's not going to be the way I thought it was. But mm-hmm. I've come to realize, like I've seen friends now that you know they're they may be same sex couple, but they still raise kids, and their kids are fine, <laughs> and they're happy, mm-hmm. and they're healthy, and they're still you know, be able to have that family unit. And I feel like there's a lot of great things that I, there's some really beneficial things to still be able to have a family. I, I still have that in mind. I don't know what will come to fruition, but um, I like the idea of still having a family, of getting married still, having a spouse, having kids to take care of and kind of, continuing my legacy in that way. I don't know how, <laughs> I don't know what way or whether it will happen, but it's still something I try to keep in mind and, um, and I keep in consideration. Yeah. Well, it, I'm, I'm pretty confident it will happen for you. You are still very young, even though you have this huge career behind you. Um, you have a whole, a whole, to your point in the song, you've just begun, and there's a whole lot ahead of you. Um, and just to share with you, uh, I, with a partner, adopted two baby boys um, through foster care, raised them. They're both 20 years old now. Um, wow. And <laughs> great. So, yeah, it's in front of you, and you absolutely are going to be a great dad. So, um, you know, and not to rush you, <laughs> no rush, you don't have to hurry, but, but I, I just know as I know that that, that is definitely um, going to happen in front of you. So you've, you've got the rest of this album going, you, but you've acted, you've done a lot of things, you did Mass Singer. What was it like with Mass Singer to be locked in that costume and your voice was incredible through every song you did? Thank you. But was that... Was that um, prohibitive being in the costume or helpful? 
I I mean it it definitely had its limitations from like a performance level, like being able to move around freely, move your head singing. I I feel like position the microphone inside of the beak of the macaw and I <laughs> I couldn't like I wanted to flap my wings, but if I did too much, the head would start coming off because it was placed right on my shoulders. It was a really big mask. But uh, I, as far as like being able to sing anonymously, like people could recognize my voice, but for a lot of people to be like, hmm, who is that? <laughs> uh, who is that is uh, the Mass Singer song. But uh, it was fun. I, I, I felt like I could be freer. I was afraid of being David Archuleta after coming out on a national TV show on Fox. And I just like, <laughs> are people going to be mad? Are they going to be mad to see me? I didn't know what to expect. So to be able to introduce them by my voice to where I'm at today and being out as a queer person was, it was really nice. It was a very, I, I didn't realize how healing of it experience it was going to be and how empowering it was going to feel and allowing myself to intro, to introduce people to David Archuleta coming out uh, with the help of the macaw, the macaw with its bright colors and the macaw wasn't afraid to hide. It had its big wings and red, <laughs> red costume. Um, it was I felt supported and the the panel, you know, Ken sharing his story really touched me and it helped me realize, you know, I, I can still touch people, even being an out person, <laughs> someone coming out um, as a, as part of the LGBTQ plus community was, it was very, encouraging and I hoped that anyone else who was struggling the way that I did growing up was able to look at it and watch the McCon, watch David Archuleta and be encouraged to be themselves and to find freedom and and, and feel empowered to do the same. Yeah. Well, I my hope is that you feel the love because you were definitely loved. It was very moving and yeah, I was so chucked up just watching that because you were you were there for yourself, um, but you also then represented um, for a lot of us, a lot of us who've been out, and more importantly, you represented for people who are not out yet. And so that love that that you channeled in the world, both giving and receiving, um, you know, that's the biggest impact you can have. Um, so I. I admire you. I'm, I'm in awe of your talent. Can't wait to see what's next. Um, you know, and hopefully you come back when you release more music. We'd love to have you back on. And I promise we won't break up the show twice like we did today <laughs> by accident. Um, but um, we're running out of time today. I just want to say thank you for being you. And um, thank you. Robert. You, know, you, 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 you are an important person and, even though you feel like you're in a struggle, um, there are so many people who are struggling right now, young people, that you represent the bridge between a religion they love and their true selves and giving them permission to be themselves. And, and that, 
just alone is a huge, huge accomplishment. So thank, thank you for that. Well, thank you. Thank you, Robert. And it would be great to come back. It was lovely talking with you. Yeah, you too. I, 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 I just adore you, and I'm trying not to fanboy all of you, which I'm not doing a good job of that. But uh, yes, so, so yes, any any time at all. With that, I do have to wrap the show um, this time for good for today. Um, thank you, David Archuleta, for being David Archuleta for everything you do and everything you're going to do. I want to thank Brody for his work on the LA Blade. You definitely need to check out LosAngelesBlade.com for the best and latest LGBTQ news with the finest journalism. They just won the Barbara Giddes Award from GLAAD as outstanding journalism, um, and they deserve that. And for those of us that rated LGBT radio, we will be back again next week. We will have a fantastic show, and we look forward to talking to you then. You've been listening to Rated LGBT Radio.